welcome to Stuff Ian Likes, the podcast about stuff that Ian likes. My name's Ian Banks. I'm using this podcast to look at how some of my favourite pieces of art have changed the way I look at the world. It explores how art can affect the way we look at things around us, and it's a chance for me to go squee over things that I love. I'm not going to do a deep dive into the background of each piece. What you're going to get is a brief survey of what it is, what I like about it, and how it's influenced me in my own thinking. Thanks for joining me. Bowles Moccasin Factory is trying to become more commercial and economical. They hire time and motion expert Errol Wallace to take a look at their factory and see where they can become more efficient and increase their production or reduce expenses. Watched by the arrogant Kim who sees Wallace as his ticket out of the factory and assisted by the gormless Carey who only has eyes for Mr. Bowles' daughter Cheryl, Wallace makes his way through the factory, discovering that things aren't running as smoothly as Mr. Ball has led him to believe. Look, before we do anything else, let's take a look at the pedigree of this film, because, crikey, if you know anything about Australian movies, this is right up there. It's written by Max Dan and Andrew Knight. Now, Max Dan is one of the busiest Australian writers of the last 50 or 60 years. He's written everything, novels, kids' books, screenplays for film and television across so many genres and budgets. While Andrew Knight is a television legend, he's written with or for just about everyone who's ever worked on an Australian screen. Both of them contributed to The Fast Lane, one of my favourite TV shows and one of the best TV shows of the 1980s that came out of Melbourne, which is something they've got in common with the director, Mark Joffe, who also worked on a lot of other movies and shows. Now, let's go on to the cast. Oh, my word, that cast. Now, at the time of release, 1992, Ben Mendelsohn, who played Carey, was one of the most recognisable actors in Australia. It took over 20 years for him to become as well-known overseas, but now everybody gets to share one of our best talents. He's joined by Anthony Hopkins, that's Sir Anthony Hopkins, rather, as Wallace, the mild-mannered efficiency expert. As a point of trivia, this was possibly the last film that, Hopkins made before Silence of the Lambs basically took over his life. So it's possibly the last time he could have realistically considered making a little film like this. His bank account's loss is our gain, frankly, though. Uh, Playing Kim, we've got Russell Crowe, who was just a few months away from portraying Hando in Romper Stomper, which was considered his breakout role. It's a toss-up between that and Proof. You should really watch them both. And finally, there's Tony Collette, just a short while before she came to all our attentions in Muriel's Wedding. She plays Wendy, Carrie's neighbour and best friend. And, and they're just the main characters. In supporting roles, you've got the likes of Bruno Lawrence, Angela Punch-McGregor, Rebecca Rigg, Alwyn Kurtz. It just goes on. And the script that, that they're working with, put together by Dan and Knight, is a delight. At this point in time, Australian movies were still using quirky characters as a feature rather than the bug that they were in the process of becoming. Spotswood, which is what this movie is called, is full of eccentrics, from the lads in the storeroom who practice their dancing while Wallace takes his first tour of the factory floor, to the little side characters like Carey's brother, who's obsessed with measuring every aspect of the house. You get the impression that the moccasin factory is a safe place for these gentle naifs to flourish without being squashed by the outside world. And then nicely balanced by the character of Kim, who really does feel quite 
really far too ruthless and egotistical for that small world he works in. It also offsets the glimpses of Wallace's usual workplaces where he routinely disrupts the lives of hundreds of working people in the name of efficiency to office direction in the scenes where Wallace is confronted by the families of the people he's just shafted is chilling and it makes a wonderful counterpoint to the pocket world of the moccasin factory. I have to say that Spotswood isn't as well known as some other films released around the same time. I'm not sure why. I mean, I bloody love it. Part of it may be that it's a very small story. It doesn't have the broad appeal of a fish-out-of-water story like Crocodile Dundee or, or Muriel's Wedding. It doesn't have that sort of flamboyance or a soundtrack soaked in memories like The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Another reason may be that it was a mildly historical story but possibly too recent for the audience to feel properly nostalgic about, and not one that dealt with the issues of the time, like a lot of Australian movies did at the time. I mean, frankly, it was very hard to watch an Australian movie that wasn't a quirky comedy filled with characters or an historical drama. And thinking on it, there was no real reason that it needed to be set as it is in the early 70s. The story could have been told at any time in the post-war period without losing any kind of impact. In fact, the whole point of the story was one that was really relevant to the audience who'd just been for a recession that we had to have. And there's also the problem with Wallace's past. He's a toe cutter who's had a change of heart, but is he really redeemed? You've just got to look at the scenes with the families of the striking workers of the factory he's just been at to know that, yeah, he's affected a lot of people in a terrible way. He's a bit like Richard Gere's character in Pretty Woman, which came out the year before Spotswood did. It's terrific that he's changed, but what about all the damage he's done to the people that he's hurt before he's just had his change of heart? Is it a real redemption story if you've still got the people that you've affected out there? What happens to them? What are you going to do about it? It's also a fairly drab film. The palette of it is soaked in browns and greens and lots of scenes are set inside the factory, which isn't very well lit, or during the evening or even later. And many of the daylight scenes take place during the rain. I mean, it was filmed in Melbourne. And one of the few sequences that's got any kind of flash of colour at all, which is the wonderful slot car race that contributes to Wallace's change of heart is over all too quickly but it's worth it for those wonderful performances from the lead actors and the earlinguess quality of the dialogue and the supporting characters and the, the whole leisurely manner in which the story unfolds it's not epic or timely or incisive it's just a slow sprawl of buildings roman that makes you feel a bit better about people if you'd like some more Stuff Ian Likes, you can read more at stuffianlikes.com and follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Stuff Ian Likes, which is all one word. Or you can go to Facebook to the Stuff Ian Likes page. That's three words. Thanks for listening.